0: Listeners are advised this podcast contains coarse language, themes of an adult nature, and inappropriate thoughts about boy bands. And inappropriate thoughts by boy bands, motherfucker.
1: Hello, Amy. Hi, Zoe. How are you? Oh, it's good week. Okay, week. Average week. How's your week? I'm pleading the fifth.
0: Oh, okay. Mm. This is a uh, mm. thank you everyone for joining us once again. I am Zoe Linkson and this is my friend Amy Long and you're listening to I'm with the boy band I'm with the boy band the uh, stop trying to do fake echoes <laughs> 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 We're recorded remotely this week just for the little news part because we both had commitments and we couldn't get together Um, mm. I think Amy's worried that Elvis loves me more so she's trying to keep me away from him. Do you know
1: what? I've been away for a couple of days, as you know, but as our listeners won't know, not for holiday purposes, for really boring selling house purposes. And I got to take Elvis with me, which I don't normally do when I go away and stay in hotels and stuff. And it was so nice to have my little buddy with me because normally I miss him so much.
0: At Elvis bonding time. How cute.
1: Yeah, it was really... Yeah, like, we don't have enough how, of that already. <laughs> how is he on
0: long car journeys? Is he a chatty type, or...?
1: No, he's good as gold. He's good as gold in the car. He, He's a bit funny in the hotel, like... He kept barking when our neighbors came back in, and I was like, <laughs> "We're gonna get kicked out."
0: <laughs> did you tell them? Tell... Did you tell the neighbors there, or did you smuggle him in? Oh in no, a bag?
1: no, I, you have to pay twenty five pounds to have oh. a a dog in because then they have to clean the room after. I mean, it's not like he's a particularly dirty dog, but um, yeah, you have to sign a waiver that says if they're disruptive, then they have to leave. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> on
0: their own with his little suitcase.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I just had to catch the room service man and say, When you bring me my room service, please don't knock on the door because the dog will bark and we want to avoid that. So... Well it will be very sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, so we've literally just got back, walked through the door, straight on the phone with you. It's oh, because you missed me so badly. God I'm so tired. I can't even tell you how tired <laughs> I am. <laughs> So yeah, no I have no boy band updates, no boy band oh, news, no boy band.
0: What, do you know what the most important thing about this week is?
1: Go on. Oh I do, you... I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> he's get he's old. He's, he's old.
0: Not... Is your boy band and not older?
1: No. Oh. Yeah, Donny,
0: Gary's, Donny Wahlberg. Gary's forty eight. Oh god. Uh, Donnie Wahlberg turns fifty tomorrow.
1: Shit. I was about to go, no, he fucking doesn't. And then I realised it's the day it goes out. (laughs) We're fake, pretending it is a different day to what it is. (laughs) What a dick. Yeah, okay, let's do that bit again. (laughs) No, leave that in. (laughs) Okay, fine. Yeah, so Donnie Wahlberg's turning 50 tomorrow, slash in three days. Yeah, he's um, a 50 for 50, isn't he? I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Most guys are thirty don't look like him. I know,
0: right? So I'm gonna make my plea once again to say that Donnie Wahlberg's arms are definitely better. I think we should do you know how we did the boy band video World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> we need to do like a boy band arm off. I'll come up with a better name for it than that. But I
1: don't know, I quite like arm off. I like arm wrestle. I think. Oh. Um hmm. Okay. Although oh, we could just pitch this as reasons for us to arm wrestle boy banders and obviously <laughs> fake, <laughs> fake lose to them, but just so we can touch their arm. But it has to
0: be done topless.
1: Yeah, on their side. Okay, not me. Okay.
0: <laughs> How's topless arm wrestling going to go over on the podcast?
1: I mean, it's obviously an uh, audio thing, so yeah, <laughs> I think it's fine. We'll just, we'll have to have a commentator. Oh, Yeah, It'll we can fine. get in.
0: We get in the man that does the um, the actual boxing commentary. Yeah, the one that I told you before costs a million pound a match. We'll get him
1: in. Yeah, yeah, easy. We <laughs> we earn <laughs> enough. Why not? All right.
0: Um. So yeah, happy happy birthday to my beloved boyfriend, Donald. Um, it's a, uh, it's almost thirty years I've known you now, and
1: uh,
0: Jesus, you <laughs> yeah, I know. Neither of us look a day older than when we first met.
1: I mean. I don't know about that. But do <laughs> you know what? As a um, friend of the podcast, Matthew James Pateman said, Zoe doesn't age. And it's true. You don't age. You look the but, same now as you did 30 years ago.
0: But do you know why I think this is? It's because I I put on the same seven pounds every year. And uh. it's just, uh, it's keeping my skin taut.
1: Can you hear um, the a oven beeping. timer going off? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that your dinner? It's great. Yeah. No, it's not. It's my housemate's dinner. <laughs> cool. <laughs> It sounded like
0: there was a truck reversing into your bedroom.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it could happen. It could happen. So, yeah, well, there we go.
0: Other boy band news. BB Mac have got a new single coming out uh, called So Far Away.
1: So Far Away. Yeah, I've
0: not heard. I think there's a clip up on their Insta, but I just wanted to drop that in because, obviously... Uh, friends of the podcast we're well, not friends of the podcast we've done their episode now and as we did it they were it's boy bandipity they made their comeback. Um, yeah comeback.
1: so we're calling them friends regardless whether yeah. they like it or not basically <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs>
0: it's come, some of the first victims of boy Bandipity. and in reverse boy bandipity victims one, <laughs> in reverse boy bandipity one of the boy bands we actually haven't really discussed at all yeah um have now split up. Not split well, up. Well, we
1: call it. We call it one directioning.
0: Yes, but do, you, <laughs> but do you think if we'd talked about them more, they'd have stayed together?
1: I don't really know. So everyone listening, we're talking about BTS, not BTK, which is what I always want to say when I think of BTS. <laughs> That's a completely <laughs> For no real different reason. thing. Different thing. Um, we definitely don't us. want to bring BTK back. Like that's no, not hundred percent. No, no. Boy band what, needs to That be a band guy, advice. what a dickhead. Yeah, de- de- definitely. <laughs> so they've gone on their hiatus. So goodness knows when we'll see them again. Maybe we'll do BTS in a year or two years, and they'll reform. Yeah,
0: if we Who do knows? this thing, you know what we were talking about, where you have to do like for the big boy bands, we're going to have to do like minis on every single member. That's mm. like three three months of the podcast. Just gone. Just
1: doing all yeah.
0: the members of BTS. We need to There's get our so friend Helen on, don't we? So our friend Helen has I, a podcast about yeah, K-pop.
1: Yeah, we do. We know nothing about K-pop. Us. She knows the lot. Yeah. I literally yeah. don't know anything about BTS. I couldn't even tell you if they sing in English or Korean.
0: They, I tried listening and the one I got, which was the one with the most... Like, all their things. They've got like a billion views on YouTube. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, But the one I
1: tried to watch was in Korean. They are insanely big. Yes. I don't know if I could follow a Korean pop song. No.
0: Because it's got to be the same. It's like Eurovision, like, you know, but harder. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like Japanese fans always say, like, they have to... So there's a, um, a New Kids fan called Hide who learnt to speak English via New Kids songs. and wow. But obviously, like, when you translate it through to Japanese, it loses mm. its meaning because not all the words mm. have words in Japanese. and yeah. yeah. So it must be quite strange to figure out what they're actually talking about like a lot of the um the Backstreet Boys and the sync songs have really weird phrasing in them because they were mm. written by the Swedish boy band team so Interesting. they did they don't quite get the you know the how the English language works properly so some of the lines of the songs don't make sense that's fun yeah <laughs> I
1: quite like that yeah I enjoy that
0: okay and final bit of boy band news I wanted to Talk about, although I'm not entirely sure what it is. I've been following this face on uh, this page on Facebook for about a year now, and it's Terry Caldwell from E Seventeen and Jimmy Cunstable from Nine One One have made a film, which I believe is called The Black. And for some, there's a a crowd that will launch on Monday, but I don't um. know what they're crowdfunding because the film's already made, as far as I know.
1: So, Do you reckon this is what The Black is? Oh, they're going to steal all our money by a crowdfund. Yeah, fund. there's no film; it's just a blag. <laughs> <laughs> my God, it could be! What an excellent way to make money. Yeah. Hmm. My brother did a trailer for a film once. For a, they, so he made they made a horror film. My brother's um, film company, and they did like an advert for a janitor or a live-in janitor for this bl- abandoned block of flats or something like that. And I was like, Oh, what the fuck is this? This is strange on social media. I was like, Why is Nick advertising for a new living warden or whatever? Clicked on it, it's a fucking trailer for a horror film shit. Oh myself. My God. <laughs> it was really clever. It was a really clever marketing little ploy that they came up with, but Jesus Christ. And yeah. now I don't trust my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't trust boys at all. No. Um,
0: we both we both feel the same about horror and zombie and all that kind of thing, don't we? Neither of us can... Well,
1: can so I, I mean... I just can't. I, I don't like being made to jump, but I've watched every episode <laughs> of The Walking Dead that's ever been made. So... Um yeah i know it's weird whereas i've not because i
0: already know that i won't enjoy it it. yeah
1: Mm, i know i'm like that i can't bear but i'm the same
0: with game of thrones i tried watching game of thrones i had a friend that did pr for it when it was out on dvd sent me the box set
1: Hmm.
0: first episode i watched started with someone having their head chopped off and i was like okay
1: i'm out that's it i'm done yeah i watched the first four and just went this feels like work (laughs) so i stopped but, you know, I'd like to know more about Joe Jonas's lovely wife, Sophie. She looks nice.
0: Oh, I wonder so... if someone could just put together the uh, Sophie Turner clips for us.
1: Like, <laughs> just nothing
0: but Sophie Turner.
1: Yeah, that would be all right. I'd be okay with that. So my bit of boy band news comes from my boyfriend, Gary Barlow. When you say boy band news? It's boy pray, band not news. Pray tell what happened, Amy. It's, it's not news. It's not news. I'm going to read the direct quote from his social media <laughs> that he posted yesterday which in real time in inverted commas 5 would days be ago monday so he said i've returned from my from oh fuck i fucked it already i've returned from all my travels with a clear head i'm so excited to announce i have a plan for the next couple of years it's been a long time since i've had to think about what's next for me it's been nice to have the time and peace to work it out ultimately i'm following what my heart's telling me and everyone's like, fucking hell, what's it going to be? And then it says, I typed this while sat at my piano. Who knows what might happen next? That's not an announcement, Gary.
0: <laughs> he's announcing that he's got nothing to announce.
1: It's a great photo that's accompanying <laughs> it, but that's not an announcement. Can we speculate I... on
0: what he might be doing? I think he is, um got himself set up as a little Uber driver.
1: <laughs> he, by his own admission, Gary says he's not a good driver. Well, so he's
0: perfect for Uber then. <laughs> Imagine oh. if you were just out randomly. near We need to go up north
1: and um, mm. order an Uber. Just, I mean, to, he just to test it out. He doesn't live up north, but sure. See, he has, I thought he had a house in Frodsham. No. <laughs> oh. No. His, so that's where he grew up. I think no, his We right,
0: had a like on the in the um you know the footballer belt of Cheshire. No, no?
1: he used to have he used to own Delamere Manor, that's which was I'm his like mansion. But that got sold, and it's now a house that you can hire for weddings and shit. So take that, fans. Go up there and go and have like tea at Delamere Manor, <laughs> like they sit in Gary's old living room and shit.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'd imagine they've redecorated, but you yes. do you?
1: Yeah, you do you, boo. No, he's got his house in Kensington and then he's got a house in Oxfordshire. And I'm guessing he's probably got somewhere that he owns in LA because he's out there all the time. Do we think it's more TV? Do you think He might go back into the... What one did he do? X Factor? Definitely not. Him okay. and Simon Cowell don't get on oh, at all anymore. I, kept,
0: I see. Gary's a very good judge of people.
1: Mm. Very he good is. judge. So he likes me and he hates Simon Cowell. Right? Yeah good makes sense Gary so no I think it's new music I think um, it's probably for him, more solo stuff um, yeah do yeah I think take that are gonna have a good five years off
0: oh god mm, that's hard that's,
1: yeah that's the number that's kind of come on the grapevine from the horse's mouth so I can't reveal my source <laughs> even though we've been told we have to I can't do that so some people think it's going to be two years and are gutted that it's going to be two, but I think five is probably... 2024. Sounds about right. Yeah. So they'll yeah.
0: Be, all be in their early 50s then? Oh.
1: Well, Howard's 51 already, so he's 56. going to be almost fucking 60 by then. Oh, my God. I know. It's crazy, isn't it?
0: But that's perfect age for having a Vegas residency. Right? Just saying.
1: Mm. I mean, it's been talked about. So, oh... More news on Vegas, speaking of Vegas residencies, totally ripped from our Friends Girl You Alone podcast, that Joey Fatone's father has been what they call spilling the tea (laughs) on social media. Apparently he is the one that leaked the Coachella performance. No, it wasn't Coachella. I... He
0: leaked that they were doing um the VMAs when they did it in twenty thirteen. There and we I, go. The only, in The only reason I remember that is because that sent me into a spiral of trying to find a decent, high quality version of that VMAs performance. Yes, you're one hundred percent
1: right. I totally bullshitted that one up. It is on YouTube, but you're right; it's a really shitty version of it on YouTube. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: So yes, he revealed that, but I start to think I do start to wonder whether that was a pr thing like oh joey get your dad to say it sort of thing you know we'll, yeah. we'll leak it and see how people get react get the vibe going get the buzz out but apparently he has been oh shit i can't remember but apparently there is some nsync news <laughs> oh, you yeah. know what's wrong with me joey's dad joey's dad has put something on his social media i can't remember what it is but there is something that indicates something this is not news no. unless you really know what it is. But I think but... it's
0: hilarious. That imagine if the person that's like, you're like, Dad, I can't tell you shit. Seriously, <laughs> because every time I say, Dad, I'm going down the shops, I get to the, you know, Walmart, and there's 50 people in the milk aisle. Yeah, like, Dad, just stop it.
1: Yeah, that would be my mum. Like, because I, <laughs> like I don't thing... want, if I don't want my whole family finding out stuff. I'll tell my mum, come on. My mum's the worst. I, I
0: tell her off for it as well. It's kind of like, if I want people to know stuff about me, I will tell yeah. them. Yeah. Please.
1: Do you know, I think parents just get really proud of their kids and they just want to be like, oh, well, guess what Joey's doing? But Joey said that there will be something that the four of them are looking at doing. I know, that's the most that...
0: exciting bit for me, that they're actually going, yeah, four of us, and I'm kind four. of like, yes, you're yeah. now accepting the end. as a four piece.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they, he mentioned a Vegas residency. He said, we know that you've got questions. We are going to get together, blah, blah, blah. So it sounds like something's happening with NSYNC yes I think there's a lot of NSYNC buzz though like we put that um meme up that Justin meme on our Instagram and we've had so many likes and comments on it people love it NSYNC are just really everyone everyone
0: loves them unless you're Backstreet Boys fan there's no reason not to love NSYNC I
1: don't know I like Backstreet but okay not all of
0: Backstreet (laughs) (laughs) oh I found a reason for you to dislike another one today Oh, tell me. No, I will send you the link to it. Uh, you're not going to dislike it as much as Oh Nick, but
1: um, you'll be like, oh, oh. Jesus. like, Oh, no. <laughs> Why do boy banders do this? Why do they try and make oh. me hate them? <laughs> um, okay, and now yeah, that's us. We newsed out. Are we, we going to move on to the next bit of the podcast?
0: Yeah, let's move on. Okay, so coming up right after this, we have got the next two additions to our Ultimate Boy Band playlist and the introduction of why you're going to need to go out and buy yourself a ball of string.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So following on from the conversations we had last week with Damage... And all their connections, all their
0: surprising connections. Yeah. That that I found the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis thing. And I was like,
1: whoa, hang on a minute. We wanted to do a boy band family tree. Which... Show you (laughs) how all the boy bands are connected. To each other. But how did... What happened, Zoe? (laughs) It,
0: It basically looked like we were running an FBI crime unit... (laughs) <laughs> With suspects on the wall, boy band suspects, mm. and lots of bits of string. We basically we were doing string theory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> boy band string theory. Perhaps that's what we should call it, string theory. Yeah,
1: maybe. I I think that it looks like a visual representation of the word clusterfuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It looks it like. Was... Have you
0: ever started doing knitting? <laughs>
1: It and was, you were really bad at it. It was ridiculous, and it is something we really want to do. But it it is ridiculous how crisscrossy and how in in incestuous the whole industry is yeah. across all the boy bands. So we've decided to refine it somewhat, and instead of calling it Six Degrees of Separation, we're going to bring in the podcast mascot, mm-hmm. and it's now called Six Degrees of Donnie Wahlberg. I I. Quite like Donnie Wahlberg, colon, string theory. Okay, well, we can do that.
0: <laughs> so we're going to kick off. We're going to do damage well, first. Well, the, the
1: game is that you have to get from the boy band or the connection, whoever it is, to Donny Wahlberg in the fewest moves. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, let's start with damage since we did them last week. So, go. I'm going to go. So, damage we know, as you mentioned last week,
0: worked with... Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Now, there's two ways out of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis into Donnie Wahlberg. In fact, there's three ways. Oh. So I'm going to allow you to
1: pick. <laughs> there's three ways into Donnie Wahlberg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could go the really fast way, which is that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis worked with. Jordan Knight on his solo work he did Give It To You and obviously Jordan Knight's in a band oh oh, that's how they're connected (laughs) okay Okay. Mm -hmm. you know that there's a couple of other ways as well so Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis also worked with uh, Johnny Gill who was in New Edition Johnny Gill under Maurice Starr Maurice Starr put together New Kids On A Block There's that way in. it also worked with Boys To Men so you could go in the Boys To Men road so but I think we're going to go we're going to go straight down the line we'll make it yeah. few steps as possible make it easy the very obvious route so we go damage jimmy jam and terry lewis jordan knight donnie warburg
1: that's easy are we calling that three steps uh,
0: damage to jimmy jam to jordan
1: knight to donnie warburg three steps three steps okay so let's look at another for instance boy band take that okay and see how we can get take that into donnie Wahlberg. other than the fact that they know each other
0: (laughs) (laughs) it has to be i think it has to be a provable working yeah it can't be just like i think they met once on a subway right that doesn't work
1: so gary worked with wayne hector he co-wrote a song for donnie osmond with wayne hector who Um, so we're going donnie osmond or we going no we're going wayne hector okay so worked with the wanted yeah. Okay. And the Wanted supported New Kids at the Mixtape Festival, where I saw them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That. How many I steps mean, was that? So that three. Was, That's
1: three as well. well and there's
0: a couple of other routes in via yeah. Wayne Hector too. So we could have gone the O Town route. Yes. O Yes. And also he worked with 98 Degrees, who toured with New Kids. There you go. So there's a couple. It's so
1: so connected. There's there's also some more obvious ways in. We've we've kind of removed an element here because under the Jedward clause we can do as we please but Gary was signed to Clive Davis's record company but Aristotle. we figured that if that's we that's too easy yeah if we go, used Clive they, Davis then it would just became six degrees of Clive Davis yeah so we are invoking the Jedward clause here <laughs> on Clive Davis <laughs> we're not allowed to use that as our link want it's to make too easy. it slightly
0: interesting yeah as to how they worked and how they knew each other those were both quite easy I think Mm. I mean maybe my boy band this week's gonna be slightly more complex.
1: I thought you were gonna say your boy band to Donnie Wahlberg. I was gonna go mm.
0: <laughs> When say, we were doing <laughs> When we were coming up with this, Amy was like, Shall we start with doing our two boy bands? And I was like, Well, my link's very simple. <laughs> and I was like, Donnie, Donnie don't know Wahlberg, what do you mean.
1: <laughs> is it new kids on the block? Ta-da!
0: Donnie so Wahlberg is
1: Donnie Wahlberg. So yeah. <laughs>
0: So yeah, if you love to get into his phone book contacts must be fucking incredible. It
1: can't be that hard to get hold of his phone. I've seen it. You've seen it. We've probably all touched it. His phone. His phone. (laughs) He, no, I can't say that. (laughs) 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 I wish everyone could see (laughs) the thought process. This happens so many times. There's been occasions
0: where we've been... (laughs) in a group of people and he wants to tell me something so he writes me a message on his phone and shows me his phone.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because he can't say it out loud. Yeah. (laughs) So you could take the phone and just start scrolling. Just airdrop Mm. his entire contact list to yourself. (laughs) That'd be amazing. I don't know what we would do with the contact list. Call them Mm. and see if they want to be on the podcast. Oh, who knows? Anyway. He he did offer us Lance Bass's phone number which i
0: still waiting for. I think the shocked look on his face, on my face, (laughs) made me go oh no 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 like I could get him to get in touch with you <laughs> so we should just go giving out fucking boy band phone numbers yeah okay so that's our new this would be fun to play so we're going to go back and do the, the boy bands we've already done yeah I will we should we...
1: okay but I also think that our listeners should Instagram us or whatever and let us know who, who they want us, to want us to do string theory yeah okay and you could even send us a voice recording on Instagram and let us know who you are why you want them and yeah challenge know. us yeah do I like are it are you prepared
0: to take the Donnie Wahlberg challenge mm-hmm.
1: I mean I am <laughs> Bring so it.
0: I've got my boy round of the week ready and waiting I'll be back right after
1: we've done the Spotify playlist update oh yes <laughs> my bad Right, this week's addition to the Ultimate Boy Band playlist on Spotify. I think I got it right. Yes, I'm so proud of you. I know. Uh, I'm going first. So you finished
0: off last week with Love to Love by the Boy Band of the Week Damage. I did. I'm also stealing one of your Boy Bands of the Week this week for mine. I'm going with the... It was the 1992 debut single from Atlanta based oh. boy
1: band crisscross we'll make, yeah. this
0: week i'm throwing in jump
1: jump jump i don't
0: need to do the history we only did them as boy band of the week like two weeks ago so yeah. it was their debut it sold over two million copies
1: it was fucking huge mm. it came out february 1992 so who are you following me up with i am going to do something a bit different this week i'm breaking the rules a tiny tiny bit I am. She's intru- had permission. Just I'm a introducing a boy band member, but a solo song from a boy band member, which is allowed. I mean, I am.
0: I fe- feel I'm getting to the end of my. This is a song that has a meaning and a memory for me, mm. which is I've
1: spoke before about. That's how I choose them. Yeah. So I'm all. I'm down for. This new development. I wanted to put an O Town song in, but I was told that I was not allowed to put a second O Town song in yet. (laughs) Emphasis on the yet. So, this week is a song from Blue alumni Simon Webb. It's from his second solo studio album, which was called Grace. It was released on the 30th of October 2006. It was written by Simon Webb himself and Matt Prime and Tim Woodcock, who I'm 100% certain has worked with Gary Barlow. (laughs) More more six degrees of separation. (laughs) It hit number 12 in the UK and various other chart positions across Europe. And the song is coming around again. I really like it because it is uplifting and it's got gospel vibes and it's just really a feel good track and it's... High energy and fun and everything you want from a boy band, basically. So, yeah, coming around again, Simon Webb. So, as normal, I will pop the link up
0: on Twitter. It's the same playlist we use every week. You'll get it on Spotify. Uh, Or you can do what I do every week and go and spend your 99p. Uh, and buy the track and put it on your itunes so you don't have to listen to a spotify advert (laughs) or subscribe
1: to spotify which no one's ever gonna do (laughs) no one free subscription this is like how netflix gets like billions of views on new films and yet there's only like 10 active (laughs) network netflix accounts because everyone just shares each other's anyway we digress good let's go and listen to that and then come back for this week's boy band of the week right boy band of the week time and i'm ready to learn because i know nothing of this boy band
0: and i banned you from googling them
1: oh yeah i had a ban Mm. Uh, only because i want your actual reaction to
0: this because i think if you'd read it and and was aware then i wouldn't quite get Full Amy, okay. Reaction, <laughs> full so Amy, maximum
1: Amy, <laughs> and
0: it's kind of similar to my the last boy band I did in when I did Three SL. That actually the interesting part of the story is what goes on around them. It's oh, the I historical aspect. I of love it. this. So this week's boy band of the week is the Neutrons. Very few of you will have heard of them, and that's what we're here for. Uh, Ron Newt was born in. 1911? No. Ugh. Ron Newt was born in 1949 in San Francisco to John Willie Newt and Nettie Re Love, and he was brought up in the Potrero Hill projects. After his parents divorced, his mother remarried, and Ron would eventually run away from his abusive stepfather. Oh, shit. Um, at nine, he began selling dime bags of weed and pills on the streets. And he said by the time he was 16, he was so rich, he was able to make bail every time he was arrested. Talking about his multiple arrests, he said, they pulled me up every time they saw me. It went on for years and years, he said, but they could never catch me until the end. Which, as we go through the story, doesn't quite prove to be true.
1: So hang on, he was buying himself out with his drug money. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, At the age of 18, he started pimping. Oh, uh, and shit. going by the name Prince Diamond, he ran up to 17 girls I mean, at that, a time. That doesn't sound like a pimp name to me. <laughs> no, uh, he ran up to 17 girls at a time, making close to a million dollars per year. Fucking hell! This is the 70s still. Uh, in 1971, while still at school, so he's pimping and selling drugs, yet finding the time to still attend school. Uh, in 1971, he met Lynn. He met her whilst he was judging a talent contest at a local nightclub called Bimbo's 365. Fucking hell. Uh, Lynn went by the stage name China Doll, representing the fact that she was part black and part Chinese. uh, And she soon became his girlfriend. He even took her to their senior high school prom. Which also is... This has all happened before he was a senior in high school. (laughs) Yeah, he's selling dime bags, weed... Drugs,
1: pimping. million dollars a year. Still makes time to go to his
0: high school prom. And
1: graduates.
0: Uh, Ron said it was love at first sight and their first child, who was called Siobhan, was born in June of 1973. In August of 1974 came twins, Ronnie and Bobby. And in July 1979 came Johnny Johnny Valentine, who they called Jay. Okay. in 1977, Ron owned a tiger. Uh, now, he sometimes refers to this as a lion, sometimes refers to it as a panther. So this... It was a big to, cat. So
1: this story is probably a little bit of bullshit. We are not condoning he's keeping wild animals as pets. In your backyard, yeah. So he's a lot of...
0: It's like fantasy embellishing the I was a pimp thing. Right, okay. But when you look at photos of Ron, you know when you see those pictures of these pimps and you're like, no
1: way anyone ever dressed
0: like that. you are yeah, really overdone yeah. that. Ron dressed right. like that.
1: When you say Ron, two images come to mind. One is my grandfather, who, <laughs> rest in peace, <laughs> whose name was Ron. And the other one is Ron Weasley. So I'm wondering if he looks like either of those. He looks like Shaft. He does not. Okay, <laughs> please continue. Uh, in
0: 1977, one had a tiger in the backyard of his mansion in San Francisco, which was called Mr. Hiss. It cost him $250,000. When the lion attacked his daughter, Siobhan, he claimed he wrestled her from its jaws. Uh, after taking her to the hospital, mm. he returned home to kill it and says he shot it 77 times with a machine gun, but he wouldn't die even when he then shot him between the eyes with a thirty-eight pistol.
1: Right, I'm going to call it. Ron is a piece of shit. Uh,
0: Mr Hiss was taken to animal hospital and died three days later just as Siobhan, who was called Little China Doll, was pulling through herself from her injuries. Right.
1: Don't have a fucking wild animal in your back garden... <laughs> With your child. ...that can attack your child. Even if you don't have children, don't have a fucking wild animal in your garden. And then if you're going to spend a quarter of a million dollars on a wild animal, don't fucking then shoot it for doing what comes naturally <laughs> to it, Ron. You're a, you're a piece of... You're a scumbag. I see you're not a fan of Ron. No. I quite... I, Fuck I, Ron. I warmed to him. Ron's going to have to do a lot to get my... Okay opinion of him up
0: fair enough also in the 70s Ron claims he killed four drug dealers who'd been responsible for China Doll being raped and beaten and his drug stolen whilst he was in prison and she was taking care of things for him this is China Doll Senior this is yes. his girlfriend not little China Doll who's okay. his daughter
1: so was that ever proven or is that a claim he
0: wrote about so Ron wrote his own biography autobiography hmm. which he later admits some bits were embellished for effect <laughs>
1: So, do tape some of this with a pinch of salt, yeah, or as Americans would say, a grain of salt, yes. Do we know if the wild animal story is true?
0: There, so there's also a documentary that Ron put together himself, okay, called Bigger Than Big. It's his life story, <laughs> and in that, there is a picture of a tiger mm. in a swimming pool, whether or not it's ron's tiger in ron's swimming pool i don't know but okay. there's footage and a lot of the other footage is definitely his it's him at pimp parties it's you know. i don't
1: think anyone should be able to own a wild animal no, i think it's like the sky or the grass small children or, do you know what i mean you can't yeah. own it i don't think they can be owned i'm just going to drive home the point just one last time don't fucking go to sea world okay continue We've really gone off on the tangent. <laughs> Don't uh, bring me wild animals and if people shooting them, and then expect me not to say anything. Wasn't meant to focus
0: okay. on the shooting, but you were meant to focus on him wrestling his daughter from the jaws
1: I mean, of a lion. It all sounds a bit bullshitty to me, but okay. In June
0: 1980, Ron was told that a guy had robbed a girl in his old neighborhood, and he got a call to go sort things out.
1: So he gets—he's he gets... the hitman, basically.
0: No, so he's just known as a tough guy. Right. He's you know at one point has killed four drug dealers
1: allegedly yeah is he still alive i'm skipping ahead sorry continue Uh, i just wondered if we're going to get sued for no talking about him okay fine
0: ron dressed in all leather like shaft with a bulletproof jacket and headed over but not intending to kill the guy just give him a bit of a beating but the guy was waiting for him as he arrived and ron was shot in the hand which knocked his own gun that he was carrying out of his hand he was injured. He There's some story about him diving through a plate glass window to still get at the guy, blah, blah, blah. He's injured. He's bleeding. He insists that his brother, who had driven him to the beating, instead of taking him to the nearest hospital because he's just been shot, uh, he insists that his brother drives him back to Oakland, where they were living at the time, mm. so that he could go to a, a hospital there, which, just in case the police were searching local hospitals for people with gunshot wounds once they receive calls about the incident in the neighbourhood. Right. So his brother drives him back. Um, He's in hospital, drugged up on morphine. China doll begs him to stop his life of crime, saying that he was one day going to end up dead and reminding him that he always said that he wanted his kids to be like the Jacksons. And so Ron decides he would move from being a gangster into the music industry. Right. Uh, so Ron Newt takes his three adolescent sons. So we've got twins Bobby and Ronnie mm-hmm. and Johnny and formed a band called the Neutrons. Okay. Uh, they were meant to be a hip hop act along the lines of new edition meets the Jacksons. And the name was de- derived from swapping around his own name. So Ron Newt became Neutron. Ah, so what year are we talking now? So this is the early eighties now. Okay. Uh, his. The twin boys had already been performing in talent shows, and once he was released from hospital, he went to see them play at a talent show at the local school, and they won. He took, he had another son, also called Ronnie. This was a son from an affair mm. uh, he'd had with a woman who I couldn't quite make out what he was saying in the documentary. It was either Belinda or Melinda. Okay. So, another son called Ronnie with a woman called Melinda who had taken a 15 year sentence for him for selling dope, and he oh had. Uh, he also pulled in little Johnny to join the twins and the two Ronnies.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, that's a very British joke. <laughs>
0: uh, so he got the four of them together and he stopped pimping and began grooming them as an act.
1: Grooming, nice, yep.
0: From around 1983 they would do performances down at Pier 39 in Fisherman's Wharf, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Basically busking um performing to tourists. It was a big tourist spot. There'd be lots of Japanese tourists coming by yeah. and they would make up to $1,000 a day. Wow! So in Ron's head, he's like $1,000 a day, $7,000 a week. Mm. This is a, you know, no $350,000 a year job. Yeah. Uh, the first big event they actually played was the Juneteenth Festival on Fillmore Street in San Francisco. That's a big, it's a, a black festival okay. to do with um the... Abolition of Slavery Laws. Okay. Uh, they moved on from the festival to playing parties held by Ron's pimp friends. <laughs> uh, and at one of these parties, it was suggested that the boys needed to start singing as well as dancing. So now they'd oh. just been dancing. Oh, So they'd go down with a beatbox, yep. put a track on, dance yep. to it, and people would give them money. Um, An old pimp friend of Ron's helped him make contact with a guy called Hamp Banks, who was known as Bubba, and Bubba was working with Sly Stone. So Ron sought him out for a bit of advice on what to do with the boys.
1: I think anyone called Bubba, Poppa, Big Poppa. <laughs> I just think it's all very dodgy territory.
0: Yeah. I In some bits, I, it said that Bubba had also been a pimp at one point, but I could only find that in one place. So I, it's hmm. not a verifiable fact. Yeah. It's, I'm just throwing that out there. But he, he was basically a heavy that worked with Sly Stone doing personal assistant type stuff Sly Stone Sly and the Family Stone right
1: got it (laughs) we've (laughs) made that mistake before when I say we I mean me
0: Uh, Rung went out and bought records for the boys he bought records by the Stylistics the Delphonics and the Jacksons and started playing them to the boys repeatedly so they could pick up Uh, Bobby was the first to find his voice followed swiftly by the youngest one Jay and finally the two runnies started hitting the right notes too Two Ronnies, nice Uh, They then played the famous Circle Star Theatre in San Francisco Which had a revolving stage They would do their act there Uh, When Diana Ross came to the Circle Star to do a show He pulled a favour with the owner to get front row seats He dressed the boys up and his daughter Siobhan in black tuxedos and red bow ties And as it was a revolving stage Diana Ross went past them And as she came back round she had the stage stopped and asked who they were. She called the boys up on stage saying she saying they reminded her of the Jacksons mm. and the kids got to sing Why Do Fools Fall In Love With Her and they got to go backstage after the show. Oh. Ron asked Diana if she could get him to meet Joe Jackson. He was a big fan of Joe Jackson's. Uh, but instead she gave him a number to make contact with Barry Gordy from Motown. Nothing came of that until Ron had Bubba Hemp take him to la to the motown offices uh, because at that time sly stone was planning to release a record with motown so baba could get him in they went down to the offices of motown and performed for the then a a manager called al bell and berry gordy's niece iris she was impressed with them she said they needed a little bit of practice but Mm. they definitely had something and she wanted to sign them But Ron was only interested in signing with Jackson Records, run by Joe Jackson, and he asked again if Joe Jackson was around. He had offices in the same building. Right. Uh, He he wanted to make contact with Joe Jackson because he knew that Joe knew what it would take to train up the kids, to take a family of children and train them to be stars. And he was in the same building. So Bubba Hamp takes him down and introduces them, and the two of them just hit
1: it off, finding that they had
0: really similar opinions on the way you raise children
1: okay so just a side note here and i don't know loads about joe jackson and i don't know if what i know is true or rumored but my overall knowledge of joe jackson is that he was quite brutal in the way he raised his children
0: yeah we get to that in a little bit there's i've got a comments from okay. Ron talking about that aspect okay. of Joe okay. it was more the Von Trapp
1: family style yes, thing exactly yes exactly that
0: yes. Um, after they left the Motown offices Ron had a hard time getting back in touch with Joe Joe had said give me a call he, he couldn't get through to him.
1: Oh, this sounds like every boy band member I've ever known. <laughs> just <laughs> he, call me. Oh, okay. Though, even though he'd take the kids down to his
0: office and they just basically they sat waiting for him. They At this point, they were living in a rundown van with no money and they were planning to head back to San Francisco when they just went for one more try. And the door was opened by a man called John Taylor. He was partners with Joe Jackson in a business venture he had at the time called Joe Cola. Okay. Which is... Coca-Cola for, with Joe's face on it. <laughs> um, John Taylor lets him in and he told them to wait in reception. But after a while, the receptionist told him that Joe was too busy. Right. As she turns around and returns into the office, she left the door open and Bobby bolted through it into Joe's office where he was allowed to perform for him. Or oh. all of them were allowed to perform for him. Uh, Ron made a deal with Joe Jackson for the boys to record under his label. Jackson Records and he did Jackson Management as well so Joe would also manage them. It, this, at the time this was the same label that had Janet and Toya, and this finally fulfilled one's dream of being the next Joe Jackson who he really admired but he didn't admire every
1: aspect of joe jackson is he the next joe jackson because it sounds like he's literally just handed his kids to (laughs) joe jackson to manage and etc even the Jacksons.
0: so joe trained the jacksons and they went to motown and someone would have managed their careers he's just doing the next step along isn't he so he's trained the kids and he's seeking management help from joe okay it's a legacy type thing sure you know speaking to vlad's tv in 2016 ron talking about joe's abuse of the jackson children said i was pretty rough on my kids too i threw my boys in the trunk something came up missing when they were supposed to be watching it whilst they were rehearsing at the ranch we had a ranch with horses and i threw them in the trunk and i shot at the trunk over the trunk but not in the trunk i had them kicking and scared to death and when they came out the trunk they were soldiers after that I mean, but he didn't beat them. He scared them. I mean, I mean it's terrifying. I,
1: I wouldn't call that strong parenting, frankly. <laughs> I would call that fucking weak as shit.
0: Joe Jackson moved the Newt family to LA, paying Ron two thousand dollars a month to basically look after his own kids, and Joe convinced a former manager of the Jackson Five to invest thirty thousand dollars into the Neutrons. Around nineteen eighty five. The Neutrons performed at a showcase at the Roxy in LA and that was the first time they met Janet and Latoya and Michael. Um, And just as a side note here, Ron claims that at this show Michael was videoing the act and one of the boys did some dance moves that later became... Michael Jackson's famous moonwalk. So he's claiming that one of his kids invented the moonwalk.
1: This could be a bullshit part of the story for all we know. Yeah, but yeah. it could not. It Ooh. might not be. Yeah. Um, the
0: morning after the Roxy show, Joe invited them out for breakfast, and they went up to the Neverland Ranch and stayed there for a day and a half. Mm-hmm. They eventually recorded in the Jackson Studios. They stayed on the ranch at Neverland for two weeks and produced uh, some a couple a few tracks. They produced "It's No Crush," "Elementary Love." and The Day I Tasted Love. And around this time, they also released an album, which was called Elementary Love.
1: It was just sold in California, and it managed to shift 10,000 copies. So they recorded a song called The Day I Tasted Love at Neverland. Yeah. Got it. Uh,
0: Much later, when Michael was charged with child molestation, a friend put a journalist called Jim Mittyage from the National Enquirer in touch with Ron. uh, They asked to meet with him, and he went along to see what they wanted. So... Basically, so he could take the information back to Michael and his lawyer, Johnny Cochran. Uh, The people he met with said that his boys... Said they'd heard that his boys had spent time at the Neverland Ranch and wanted to know if Michael had tampered with them or touched them in any way. And they offered him $200,000 if he had. Uh, Asked what he would have done if he found out Michael had touched his kid. Ron replied, ''What do you think I'd have done? Come on, I'm a gangster.'' Asked if he'd have killed him, he said, ''If he'd have touched my kids, absolutely.'' So he was a defender of Michael Jackson when all the allegations came out. He stepped forward and went, we lived there for two weeks and he never once. And there was a photo of one of the boys getting out of the swimming pool in his underpants, which someone tried to say that there's a kid in Michael Jackson's pool in his underpants. And he's like, yeah, I took the photo. I was there. It's my kid. Uh, Michael Jackson called Ron dad, something that he'd never called his own father Joe. And Michael's one of the few visitors on the list of people allowed to go and see Ron when he was in prison at Terminal Island, in California. Although Ron wouldn't say if he ever visit- visited him.
1: That means no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, back to the 1980s. Uh, towards the end of 1988, Joe called up Ron and told him he'd have to drop the boys. And they returned to San Francisco penniless. One penniless? Mm. Penniless, yeah, this all his pimping yeah. millions gone. Yeah, Ron started them up busking again, but the police, not being his biggest fans, would stop them performing without a license, and they also confiscated all the earnings that they'd made. So they'd be out busking, they'd have their hat full of money, the police would come along and be, dude, where's your license? Yeah, and they'd just take all this money, and thus Ron returned to pimping.
1: Oh, of course, what do what you know? <laughs> Did Elvis just lick your leg? At all first? <laughs> he did. Oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> Soon enough, though,
0: Ron had got them a show at a club called the Waterloo Lounge in San Francisco. But during the show, the club was raided, and Ron was arrested for possession of cocaine, for which he was convicted and sentenced to three years in prison. Uh, after a fight in Solano State Prison, he was moved to Susanville Penitentiary in Reno. On April the first, nineteen eighty nine, Ron escaped. Oh. He fled across country to shake off anyone that might be follow him and then doubled back to Reno to pick up his family. They moved back to LA once again to pursue a record deal because what else would you do when you're on the run? What the fuck? They were put up by a friend they'd met as a producer for Joe Jackson. He had no idea Ron was on the run and they slept on his floor until Ron made contact with John Taylor, the Joe Cola guy, He lent him $700 and set the family up in an apartment in LA. By May, they had set their sights on the BRE Music Convention, which happened in LA, the black radio exclusive. It's a showcase for up-and-coming black talent to try and secure a record deal. And at the convention, Ron bumps into Maurice Starr.
1: (laughs) The Maurice Starr, who in
0: turn introduced him to a lady called Cheryl Dickerson. Cheryl had heard about the Neutrons already and invited them up to a meeting with Maurice. So they went to meet with her and her partner Reggie Jones in her hotel room. The boys performed for her and she went absolutely crazy for them. She had been planning to leave her position, which was currently at MCA Records, and wanted to take the Neutrons with her to yeah. her new position at CBS. Okay. She offered them a deal, but said they'd have to wait a few weeks for the vice president of CBS, who was in the middle of moving from New York over to L.A., Uh, Ron also made his own move. He set his family up in a mansion in the hills of Diamond Bar area of LA, as you do when you're on the run. Yeah. One day, as he was cleaning the pool, Bobby comes in and told him that another record company was interested in signing them, and this record company was going to give them any amount of money they needed for them not to sign with Cheryl. Oh. So on a Thursday in August 1989, Ron receives a call from an executive at MCA Records called Winky Sims. He told him not to sign with CBS, that their money troubles would all be over if they hung on for MCA Records. Oh, I'm just going to say, they're living in a mansion, not massively certain <laughs> they've got a huge amount of money troubles.
1: <laughs> and also, it's so discreet to yes. to live that way if you are on the run. <laughs> yeah.
0: The next day, after spending some time recording two more songs, one called My Heart Beats For You and one called Daddy, they went over to the house of Winky Sims.
1: Winky Sims is a great name. <laughs> no.
0: Uh, there, after waiting a very long time for the phone call they were, they'd were they been told to expect, at 1am in the morning, they, Ron speaks with Lou Silas, who was the vice president of MCA Records. Silas said he knew Ron was a fugitive, but still wanted to sign the boys to the label. He promised that they would take care of all his legal problems once they'd signed, and also that they'd take care of the boys if Ron went back to prison. <sighs> Lou said that MCA weren't afraid to take the chance on working with a wanted man. I mean, oh. It sounds like talk. It's it's, it's oh, a very name... bold move. Yeah. Because having legged it from the Susanville Penitentiary, one is now wanted by the FBI on gun charges.
1: Mm. This Lou Silas sounds familiar. I, the, the name looked familiar
0: to yeah. me too. I didn't look him up a lot because this became such an intense story. Yeah. I didn't want to verge off. Yeah. Uh, The next day, they meet up with John Taylor and his wife, Winky and her partner, and Lou Silas. Uh, Lou offered to give Ron $100,000 if he signed the boys to him the next Monday. But first, he took them to meet New Edition. Sadly, New Edition had been told that the boys were going to be their replacements at MCA, so they received kind of a lukewarm reception from Mm. them. On the 15th of August, 1989, the Neutrons... 15-year-old twins Ronnie and Bobby and 10-year-old Johnny, a.k.a. Jay, were signed by MCA Records. To so a three-piece at this now point. Now a three-piece. Right. They dropped the other
1: Ronnie. <laughs> oh, poor Ronnie Barker. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so 15-year-old twins Ronnie and Bobby, 10-year-old Jay, Johnny, were signed by MCA Records to an eight million dollar eight-album deal and Ron was personally handed a cheque for $25,000. I
1: mean, that doesn't sound like a great deal, but... I bet they were thrilled. Yeah. Uh, They
0: returned to the studio to finish up their first single, which was going to be My Heart Beats For You. But MCA were reluctant to pay for a video for them. Ron, who's desperate for the boys to get a hit before the law catches up with him, paid for the video himself with a loan. So in September 1989, at the cost of $40,000, the Neutrons made their video and it almost instantly began to receive a lot of airplay on the BET channel. Okay. Okay. By March 1990, they released their self-titled album, The Neutrons, and in April 1990, they were, were invited to perform on Soul Train alongside Bell with DeVoe. Wow. The single My Heart Beats For You was released and reached number 46 on the Billboard Hot R&B chart, where it stayed for 10 weeks. So it's not the mainstream yeah. chart, it's R&B related. Despite reservations from MCA Records, they hit the road for three months to promote. But MCA wouldn't pay for it, so Ron once again takes out a loan. Uh, And with the bills they were racking up, he also had to pay Johnny Cochran to help deal with his escape charges. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is the Johnny Cochran. Johnny
1: Cochran. Yeah.
0: Um, As they toured around, they very quickly discovered that MCA weren't reissuing their records to record stores once they sold out. So people were unable to buy them. Ron complained to MCA and he believes they then retaliated by alerting authorities to where he was. Oh. And as he drove his family in a Winnebago through through Baltimore, he was pulled over by the police and on searching the trailer, the police found a handgun. Up in court the next day, Ron appealed to the judge, telling her he'd spent 14 months on the run whilst working with his kids at Say No to Drugs rallies. And the judge said if he could raise a $10,000 bond, he could go on his way back to California. But as he returned to the trailer, ATF were waiting for him to arrest him once again on gun charges. ATF. Uh, Alcohol, tobacco and firearms. Got it. Uh, he spots them and dodges them, doesn't an about turn and catches a plane home to LA, thus leaving his wife Lynn to take the rap for the gun and he sends his cousin to go and bail her out and waited for her and the kids to return to him in Diamond Hill. Oh, my
1: God. Who is this guy? <laughs> Jesus.
0: Ron had a falling out of the MCA executives because he believed his boys had been used as leverage in negotiations to get new addition to toe the line mm. and agree to work a separate act. So, Bellbith DeVoe, Bobby Brown, Johnny Gill, Ralph Tresvant, that... That they had been told the neutrons were ready and waiting to take their place if they didn't follow.
1: It kind of feels like that might be true. Because if they're not replenishing the stocks of the records, so therefore they're not making the money off the record sales, it, that doesn't make sense. No. So. And the kids were good. So I've there's only a couple
0: of performances. The Soul Train performance is on um, YouTube. And there's them doing an interview and... They look good, they're all dressed in matching outfits, they mm. have a very new edition feel about them, but kind of a, the next step on for new edition, right. so that, the you know, the link from new edition to, say, Bell with DeVoe. Okay. It's, and then young kids, they're 15 and 10. Yeah. Ron was arrested after a physical altercation at the MCA offices in LA in 1991. Lou Silas had delayed the boy's record release in favor of DeBeau, so Ron, feeling that he'd been crossed, went to their offices to confront him, and was oh, al- that doesn't sound like Ron. And was allegedly carrying a hand grenade. Oh, also not like Ron. MCA called the police, who sent in the SWAT team. Uh, he was arrested and held in the LA County Jail for sixty-seven days before being convicted on fugitive charges and sent to prison in Chino.
1: <laughs> oh, Ron.
0: Whilst Ron was in prison on May 1st, 1991, in San Bernardino, four men holding guns entered a convenience store to rob it. CCTV from the store shows customers grabbing their children and fleeing. The robbers grab handfuls of cash and as they flee, shots are fired. The owner was hit several times with a handgun, so grabbed a gun he had hidden and shot back. 19-year-old robber, Eric Daniel Howard was critically injured and taken to hospital, along with the owner, who was also in a dangerous condition. But 16-year-old Ronnie Newt, who was taking part in the robbery as an initiation into the LA Crips, one of America's most powerful gangs, was shot and killed by the store owner. (gasps) Although he was shot by the store owner, accomplices Joseph Lee Burns and Samuel Dixon were found guilty of the first-degree murder of Newt and each were given 25 years to life jesus christ on ronnie's death mca records released a statement which said the neutrons were under contract with a company and released their first and only album under the label last year the album a mix of rap and rhythm and blues did not sell too well that was it that was their statement
1: wow so ronnie ronnie that's been killed it's one of the twins yeah oh jesus and it's it's heartbreaking
0: because they were on the cusp of something big. I know they had record company issues, mm. but they they stood a chance of being huge. And just the environment, which was... And yeah, their dad was a gangster, but they he had worked long and hard to give them up other opportunities. But he to... was trying
1: to get into the crypts. So it's kind of like he saw the example his father was setting. Mm.
0: Yeah. And and they obviously still... So you can look at their Instagrams and Twitter now and they obviously still adore both their father and their mother. Mm. They credit them both with putting them where they are today.
1: It's He was trying to well, give... Well, in Ronnie's case, dead. He was trying to give them another path
0: so they didn't have to go around the road that he did. Yeah. But where they were living, the environment was such that getting enticed into gangs wasn't hard for the gang to do. Yeah. Ron cites Ronnie's death as one of the reasons his relationship with the Jackson family ended, because none of them reached out to him in prison after Ronnie's death, and they offered no assistance to his family to help bury him. Instead, they sent a single flower. Hmm? They didn't send a single flower. No, they sent a single flower. <laughs> what? I guess he thought that their relationship was closer that once finding out you know that Ronnie had died that his family might get a little emotional support yeah but i mean support.
1: why would they have sent one flower that's bizarre that is bizarre behavior although i don't know why i'm surprised a
0: four piece lineup of the neutrons was still performing as late as 1997 in may 1996 they'd released a long time coming on runaway slave records that's their own label mm. the lineup was credited as johnny newt bob newt Ron Newt, so presumably the other Ron, and Stevie Dixon. They had been signed to West Coast independent label Raging Bull Records, who at that time worked with acts like Cameo and the Gap Band. Hmm. In 2001, Bobby Newt signed to Death Row Records under the name Pretty Boy. His album was never released by Death Row, and he relate- later released it independently under a label called S4R Records, which stood for Songs for Ronnie. Hmm. In May 2005, Bobby released another album on S4R called Good Thang under the name Robert Napoleon. It featured his brother Jay and also St- Sean Stockman from Boys to Men. Oh. China Doll died on the 14th of June 2005. In 2007, Johnny was signed by Clyde Davis to his Jay Records uh, in order to release his debut album, Conversation Piece, under the name Jay Valentine. In 2009, Ron told TMZ that Joe Jackson had threatened him after he claimed to have proof that Michael had an illegitimate child called Prince Michael Malachi Jackson, who was born in 1985. And Ron filed for a restraining order against Joe and Randy. Joe's response was, I haven't
1: even seen this guy since the 80s. What? What? That whole paragraph is bizarre. Michael has an illegitimate child. So
0: a guy came forward claiming to be Michael's illegitimate child and Ron claimed that he had proof that this was true.
1: Right.
0: And he was threatened. He he said he was threatened by Joe and Randy and therefore he was. Who's went, Randy? So Randy's a Jackson brother.
1: Right. But Not Randy Jackson, yeah.
0: Randy Jackson,
1: no, not Randy Jackson, Randy yeah. Jackson, who played bass for Journey, who's on American Idol. He's oh, not, no, there's another one. Yeah, I was gonna this say, he's different, he is not no, no, a Jackson, brother. No, there's another one, okay.
0: <laughs> on 14th of February 2012, 14th of February, get it? Jay Valentine, oh, remember little Johnny Newt? Mm-hmm. He released a record called Love and Other Jocks. Uh, under the name of Jay Valentine and the Heartbreakers, and this was on his own label called City Boys Music. In April 2015... Oh, there's a smile. <laughs> in April 2015, Ron New filed a lawsuit against television company Fox and Lee Daniels and Danny Strong, the creators of TV show Empire. He alleged that they had stolen the idea for the TV series from his autobiography, Bigger Than Big, and he was seeking ten million in damages, although that was reduced from his initial filing for damages, which had been for one billion dollars. Mm, one billion dollars. Ron had met Terence Howard, the star of Empire. Yeah. After he was nominated for an Oscar uh, back in 2005 for, for Crash his, for Hustle and Flow, not Crash. He played a pimp. Oh. Uh, they discussed the idea of turning Ron's life story into a movie. Uh, but Terence hadn't actually been hired for the Empire role until well after it had been created. So what so, Ron yeah. was citing is the connection is wrong. <clears throat> Ron cited that there were several similarities between the Empire script and his script for his autobiographical film, Bigger Than Big. In Empire, four drug dealers were killed. Newt claimed he'd filled, killed four drug dealers. Mm. In Empire, the wife of the head of the rock company, Cookie goes to jail for drugs and China Doll had been to jail for drugs. In Empire, Cookie was released from prison and China Doll had also been released from prison. And this is my favourite one. In Empire, Cookie wears a hat and China Mm. Doll also owned a hat. Mm -mm.
1: I mean, you can see where there was trouble there. In 2016,
0: (laughs) a judge ruled in favour of Fox and Ron lost the whole battle. No, The judge said Ron's story was more about a gangster dabbling in the music industry rather than a burgeoning hip-hop label that had been headed up by a reformed drugs lord. Right. Uh, Following this decision, Ron made and shopped around to TV companies a documentary called The Newt Empire. Oh. Oh, Ron. In, In 2018... Ron, now remember, Ron, Pimp, Drugs Lord. In 2018, Ron applied to open a legal cannabis business in San Francisco. <sighs> Baby of the family, Johnny Newt, now works under the name Jay Valentine and has crafted himself a career as a songwriter and producer, sometimes working with Brother Bobby. His 2011 album, The Test of Me, had collaborations with artists including Chris Brown and Gucci Mane.
1: Chris Brown's a piece of shit.
0: He's written and produced for Justin Timberlake, oh, uh, Ludacris, and Omarion from B2K. But he also wrote the title track to the NSYNC Celebrity album. He wrote Celebrity with JT and Wade Robson. Wow. He also has acted a bit, most notably in Keisha Cole's video for I Changed My Mind, where he played her love interest And he and his music producing partner, Tank, also work with actor Jamie Foxx on his music. Bobby, at one point, worked for Jay's production company. He worked with Wade Robson on tracks for his own album. Yeah. But he now sings gospel music. Uh, He has an online channel, which he calls The Newt Testament.
1: Oh, I Uh, see what he did there. And he does this
0: with support from Sean Stockman, who's one of his best friends, and his... Tank, who also works with Jay. That's great. Bobby has six children, and he says one of the hardest things he's ever had to deal with in his life, bearing in mind son mm. of a pimp drug lord mm. who once put him in the trunk of a car and shot at him. One of the hardest things he's ever had to deal with in his life is when his son Andrew came out to him and told him he was gay. Oh. He has six children altogether. The others are daughter Ronnie, Monet, and Chloe son jordan who's kind of youtube famous as a rapper and robert newt jr and there's also another baby on the way at the minute so and like the gay thing isn't anything he just says it was it was hard coming from where he was yeah the understanding but they appear to have a good relationship you know like from what you can tell from someone's relationship on instagram and he's found god like he's and not
1: in a gross way no (laughs) and he sings gospel he's actually and
0: both him and you can still hear it now both jay and bobby have amazing voices yeah they're incredible
1: they're obviously doing really well what happened to the sister
0: siobhan she's i I know she's still alive Mm. i don't i didn't look too much so there's there's more than one sister and i couldn't quite track them down because he doesn't really talk about them much in the biography beyond the fact that siobhan was almost eaten by a lion yeah but i think there are other daughters called misha and latonya as well okay but he doesn't dabble into that the, yeah. the, the stories the first two thirds of his autobiography are about him pimping and a lot of it I was just I couldn't even yeah it was very hard to read interesting as it was mm. it's very hard to read and also very hard to follow yeah like the the episode where China Doll went to prison just suddenly comes up in one sentence and I was like oh I've missed that and went back like three chapters and couldn't find where she went to prison right. and all of a sudden she was out of prison oh. so it's just a little bit erratic and what also, about him he died in 2015 of i couldn't find that out either i did find so anything when i sorry not 2015 he died in 2018 right oh yeah rip so when i was trying to google to find out what he had died of all i could find was at the same time so they held a massive service for him in san francisco which involved a um you know a funeral cortege walking through the streets and at the same time that this was happening there was a shooting nearby Mm, and it was blamed on his funeral but the local mayor said absolutely no it was nothing to do with that at all Uh, so I, i wasn't able to narrow down what he had died of um i do have a copy from the la times of the printout of the report the newspaper report from when ronnie died that, I find that the most heartbreaking piece of yeah. the story. On May the 1st, 1991, Jong Soo Yoo was working at the Minute Mart at 180 West Rialto Avenue in San Bernardino with his wife, Hiran Yoo, and an employee, Sung Hyuk Im. Several customers were in the store when four men suddenly entered the store. Howard, described by Mr Yoo as the leader of the group, pointed a handgun in the air. He chased Mr Yoo to the back of the store, dragged him to the side of the store, hit him on the head with his fist, and took his watch. "'Howard threatened several times to kill Mr. Yu. "'He demanded money and hit him over the head with his gun. "'Mr. Yu responded that the money was at the front of the store. "'Meanwhile, two of the robbers jumped over the counter "'while another robber stood near the door. "'One of the robbers placed a gun to Mrs. Yu's head and demanded money. "'Mrs. Yu told the robbers to cool down. "'She opened one of the cash registers and a cash drawer. "'One of the robbers opened the other cash register and removed the money.' The robbers took a total of about $2000. Mrs. Yu told the robbers there was more money in a safe under an aisle floor in front of the counter. Howard pushed pushed Mr. Yu behind the counter and then walked towards the safe. The robbers continued pointing their weapons and threatened to kill the Yu's if they do- did not give them more money. Mr. Yu kept a .35 magnum revolver inside a paper bag near the cash register. Mr. Yu knew he would be shot if he reached for the gun, but he did so anyway because he believed the robbers did not intend to leave any witnesses. Mr. Yu seized the gun and fired, hitting Howard. Dixon and Newt returned shots. Newt hit Mr. Yu in the chest with one shot, and Mr. Yu shot Newt and Burns. One of Dixon's shots hit Mr. Yu. Dixon and Burns fled the store. Newt died from a gunshot wound to the head. Howard died from a gunshot wound to the back of his head. He also received a non-fatal gunshot wound to his lower spine. Bullets recovered from both bodies were determined to have come from Mr. Yu's gun. Mr. Yu was shot in his cheek and chest. Burns was shot in his leg. The events of the robbery and shootings were recorded on the store's four surveillance cameras and the videotape was played at both trials. I've also seen it. It was also played on the TV the same night and Ron Newt claims that that's how he found out his son had died. He saw the CCTV from the robbery played on TV when he was in prison. Shit. After his arrest, Burns made a statement to to Detective Gogging admitting his involvement in the robbery. He told him he had been in the wrong place at the wrong time. He admitted he entered the store and taken some money, but he said he had thrown it down after being shot. He repeatedly asserted he did not have a weapon. After his arrest, Dixon made a statement to police officers admitting his involvement in the robbery. He stated he... Howard, Eric Lawson, Burns and Ron Newt had decided to go to San Bernardino to rob a store. When they arrived at Meadowbrook Apartments, they decided to rob the mini After they entered the store, Howard started hitting Mr. Yu over the head with a handgun. Dixon got sta- scared and started running towards the door where he heard gunshots. Dixon, Burns and Lawson ran to their car and drove away. I mean, that's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot of gunshots. I mean, the report goes on, but it's not all necessarily...
1: I mean, you're right. It is the most tragic part of the whole story, of course. It's just fucking so sad. And not to make this political, but guns are a problem. And Yeah, not a problem we have. And
0: Yeah, so that's this week's Boy Band of the Week, who were so fleeting. To right. the point where it's hard to find copies of their music to listen to and listen to their songs. Yeah. Very
1: hard. Yeah. I'd never heard of them. How did you even find them?
0: I'd heard of them, but wouldn't have been able to pick them out. You know, if you'd show me 50 photos of boy bands, I wouldn't have been able to go, oh, they were the neutrons. Yeah. So, As I stumbled across the story, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the one for this week.
1: Can we do something a bit more light-hearted next week? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean, it's a really interesting story. And I know that you said you didn't want me to know anything because you wanted to get Maximum Amy, which I feel like you got yeah. in the wild animal section of the story. I still think that Ron did a terrible job of parenting his children. <laughs> um, I'm delighted that the surviving children that are still working in music have been successful. That's yeah. amazing. That's great. It is tragic. It is... Really sad. And you
0: need to... Actually, what will make you feel better, and this is for everyone listens to the episode, when you get home, when you stop driving, when you finish your commute, go onto YouTube and pull up... In fact, I'll post a link. There's such a cute interview with the three of them. I mean, it's the last interview that Ronnie gave before his death, and it's probably one of the only TV interviews they ever did. But they're just three such cute little lads, Mm. and that in itself is heartwarming. That They're just three good, honest little children that are one wrong move away from such tragedy.
1: Yeah. They could
0: have been big as well. They really could have been big. They had been worked on and trained and honed in exactly the same way the Jacksons were and there really was nothing stopping
1: them from being the next Jacksons. Apart from a life of crime. Yeah. Crime doesn't pay kids. No right we're gonna point them then yeah so let's find out where this heartwarming enlightening uplifting (laughs) band feature in our ultimate boy band chart i feel that's a criticism of Uh, me for choosing them not a criticism not a criticism not of you anyway maybe of ron
0: I'm now slightly worried that we're not
1: going to find as interesting stories for the rest of our boy bands. Well, we're going to start making shit up then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the Neutrons, they nothing for UK chart positions. They didn't release anything over here. Mm. And they score very minimally for the US because they only really got any chart traction on the R&B chart. Mm. They were together for 14 years. Yep. They haven't reformed. I've awarded them quite a few points for style okay because they of their time they had a look they were stylish yes okay uh nothing for instruments i've given them four for songwriting based on the fact that jay was involved in writing celebrity
1: okay yeah okay <laughs> okay um, i mean that's post boy band really
0: well, i'm also pointing them post career yeah. We're being generous because it's such a sad story. Are <laughs> saying it's not as scientific as we
1: pretend? No. What do you mean pretend? <laughs> this is fucking science.
0: Okay, so the science of boy bandology produces the following chart. You want me to skip all the Eurovision ones uh, as 100%. Mama? So at number 20 mm-hmm. is us five. Mm-hmm. And then 18 through 15 are all X Factor stroke Eurovision bands. Mm-hmm. At number 14, The Neutrons. Oh. At number 13, Journey South. 12 is Big Fun. 11, LFO. 10, EYC. Yeah. 9, BB Mac. Number 8 is
1: Damage. 7, Human Nature. 6, PJ and Duncan. Let me see if I can remember the top five. Go on. 5 is... I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Criss-cross. <laughs> 4 is... Bros, Three is I know this one You don't have to Mime this one to me Three is five Slash yes. three Two is my favourites Who are not O-Town The Jonas Brothers And number one Is the Bass City Rollers Yes baby. We're smashing the shit Off the Bass City Rollers Next week Yeah Do you with, think I reckon With a really heartwarming Uplifting tale Like an actual Genuine one Of a boy band That It did a great job
0: Okay So are we gonna do String Theory
1: String theory. Donnie Wahlberg, comma, semicolon, string theory. (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. How many steps do we have? I have to talk about Donnie Wahlberg's colon every week. This is going to (laughs) get weird. Well, you were the one that was talking about three ways into Donnie Wahlberg (laughs) last week.
0: (laughs) So we go, the Neutrons had beef, but worked with Belle Biv Yeah. Who were signed and put together by... Maurice Starr? Yes. Who also signed and put together
1: The Nukes on the Block. Yes. So three
0: steps. Three steps. Three steps is proving easy, isn't yeah. it? Okay. We need to make it harder. Maybe. I don't think there's any of those steps that you kind of like no, that one's not fair. Like Maurice was a music impresario but he wasn't prolific. He's not he Clive doesn't... Davis. Yeah, he doesn't have a string of bands you connect him to. Like Do you this? think we'll ever
1: do a story where Clive Davis's name doesn't come up? He didn't come up in the Neutrons. Didn't it? No. I'm pretty sure you mentioned Clive Davis. No. Okay. <laughs> anyway,
0: so that's this week's Boy Band of the Week. Yeah. I, um...
1: I, I need a drink. Oh. Alcoholic one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. And Elvis is even glowering at me. Look at his face. I'm sorry that I've made it such a downer. <laughs> Elvis... Right well um thank you guys for listening.
0: Yeah tweet us your anyone you want if you want to challenge us 6 degrees of no if you want to challenge us on Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg's Warburg, colon. colon, string theory tweet us you can tweet us at
1: the boyband pod or instagram us at i'm with the boyband we're on Facebook, just search for I'm with the boyband. Um you can email us at theboybandpod at
0: gmail.com. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support us and help us in our research, we have so many books to buy. Uh we have a Patreon campaign which you can find at www.patreon.com forward slash boyband.
1: And if you like what you're hearing, rate, review, subscribe. The huge Yeah. We,
0: do we have a review to read out this week do we yeah okay shall I do it and yeah. put it up well we do thanks my thanks do go to this week uh Rolly knew Newt himself because without his biography big the autobiography even bigger than
1: big I wouldn't have found any of that. I mean, it was a very narcissistic title that he picked for his autobiography, Bigger Than Big. Oh, you mean you think he thought a lot of himself? Um, yes, I do <laughs> think that. Any man who has a wild cat in his back garden, Mike Tyson, is a narcissist. Oh, who was the magicians that had? Oh, Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. Yeah. What, didn't one of them get eaten as well? Yeah, and his face chewed up. <sighs> well, le- there's a lesson in here. Don't fuck with big cats, man. Right, this review is from... Uh, This review comes from Quinny123,
0: and it's titled, This podcast will make you cheat on your boy band. (laughs) (laughs) Admittedly, I thought there was only one boy band for me, but listening to Amy and Zoe has opened me up to a whole slew of boy bands I hadn't even considered before. They crack me up, and I love their rapport, They are definitely hashtag friendgirls. This podcast is a good mix of laughs, research boy band history and heartwarming fangirl stories. Definitely a podcast worth subscribing to.
1: That's so nice. I'm really sorry if you heard that scream halfway through. We haven't (laughs) murdered anyone.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Quinny. Yes, so do join us next week to find out who our boy band of the week is and where they fall in the ultimate boy band chart.
1: But remember... The Ultimate Boy Band is not the one that falls at the top of our chart. It's the one that was there for you when you needed them the most and got you from there to here. Thank you. Our theme music is Fire and Lights," Starts With You by Chris Russell. Visit songsaboutgirl.com.